Holy Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. It serves as the basis for the sermon today. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Jesus continued, This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. The Gospel of the Lord. would you like to have a Yeezy? No, that's not a symptom of coronavirus. I said Yeezy, not Wheezy. If you are an average teenager today, you might love to have some Yeezys. That's a pair of shoes. The Yeezy brand is an offshoot of Adidas athletic sneakers. It was created by Kanye West. Yes, that Kanye West who claims to be running for president. If you are a teen, you might perhaps love to have a pair of, let's say, the Yeezy Boost 700 bone shoes. Not to worry, they would only set you back a few $800. But then again, maybe you would be a more budget-conscious teen, and, and you might settle for something, something like the Yeezy Boost 380 Mist. Those are only $250. I wish I was joking. I find it fascinating to watch image-conscious teens and see the sorts of things that they value and treasure in their lives today. Certainly not all, but at any given time, you might look at a teenager and they would be wearing shoes worth several hundred dollars, like these Yeezys or, or Air Jordans, even matching colors of their various outfits, they might have an Apple Watch worth $300 and AirPods to listen to music worth $250 and, and jeans that to adults look like Swiss cheese but with all the holes and the rips still cost over $100 and maybe even an iPhone that's some $1,000 itself. So that is to say that your average teen walking down the street today at any given time might have some $2,000 worth of merchandise on their person. 
given the right circumstance, it's possible for you to witness catastrophe striking. I have. I've seen Air Jordans get muddy or creased, as they say. I've seen iPhones stepped on and shattered and AirPods lost. And oh, the tears start to flow. Oh, my life is over. It's almost as bad as when they're in a place where there's no Wi-Fi. For the rest of us, surely, surely we would never be so foolish, right? In capitalist and consumerist America, it would only take a few moments to walk through our garages or our kitchens or our man caves or our closets to find all the things that we treasure and value in life. Expensive handbags and and purses, quartz countertops, flat-screen TVs, a new set of irons, a John Deere zero-turn, snowmobile, snowmobile, boats, cars. We all have things that we treasure in life. And yet, isn't it interesting that there never seems to be enough? No matter what you may have, there's always a bathroom that needs to be remodeled or a phone that needs to be upgraded or clothes that are now out of style. Maybe that's why so many people find themselves playing that that fantasy in your mind win the lottery game. Have you done that before? Oh, if only I struck it big just once. If only I hit that Powerball number like the guy from Menominee this last week, 22 million. If only I had that. Do you know how much good I would do with that? I would give so much to church and buy myself some stuff too. Today we hear two short stories from Jesus in parable form about two men who essentially won the lottery. One man was walking through a field when he found a hidden treasure. Now we don't know if he was looking for treasure, he had his little metal detector out, but he found a hidden treasure. The second man was a little bit different. He was actually looking for treasure. He was a merchant of fine pearls and he was looking for pearls. But the unexpected part, he found one of incomparable value, more precious, likely bigger than any pearl he had ever found before. Now before we take those stories further, I'd like you to think for a moment, what if the stories had a little bit of a different ending? What if Jesus told the stories maybe with a little bit of an American spin to them? What if that first man finds this hidden treasure in the field and he sees this and thinks to himself, eh, it's all right, I guess. It's nice I found it. Uh, But you know, I'm just going to leave it here and come back to it a different day. You know, maybe someone else will take it, but you win some, you lose some. What if that merchant of fine pearls found this incredible pearl, a once-in-a-lifetime pearl, and, and had the thoughts, well, I'm sure there's a better one somewhere. I'm just going to leave the pearl here, and I'll just keep looking for now. Well, who would think like that? They would be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Who, who would win the lottery or hit the treasure junkie jackpot? Who would find a glorious treasure and be so foolish? Surely, we would never be so foolish, right? Suddenly, we we snap back to reality and the crux of the parables that Jesus is telling us today. 
Jesus started each story with this introduction, the kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. You see, we're not talking about lottery or buried treasure or what the next stimulus check might look like today. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about Jesus with his gracious work and activity in our hearts and in this world. We're talking about being a believer, a Christian. We're talking about having Jesus. That is my glorious treasure. But it begs this question of the day. Is it really? Might it be that sometimes you find yourself playing this fantasy win the lottery game in your mind maybe your heart is plenty happy to have jesus as your treasure but could it be that in the back of your mind you're always thinking i wonder if there's something better out there maybe there's more that life has to offer me this is part of our sinful nature our discontent dna that has been passed down to us And we can trace it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Think about Adam and Eve. All the riches of heaven and earth were theirs. A perfect paradise to enjoy and explore and rule over. A perfect relationship with God. But somehow that wasn't enough. That temptation for more was so strong. They wanted more knowledge, more power to be more like God. And ever since their fall, humans have never been the same. My sinful heart wants more too. Somehow, the kingdom of heaven doesn't quite seem to be enough when there's the threat of losing a job during COVID catastrophe. Somehow, the kingdom doesn't quite cut it when my retirement assets like disappear like Houdini. Somehow the treasure seems a bit like trash when I flick on the TV and there's dream homes and dream cars and insane pools. How come I don't have stuff like that in my life? Here we have this pearl of great value, this treasure beyond comprehension, and my sinful heart wants more. And so people pursue treasures of money and treasures of pleasures and treasures in science or in knowledge or in position or in power. There's got to be a better pearl out there somewhere, right? It seems so American. It feels so natural to think like that. And yet it is so very very dangerous. Did you catch the connection between the parables that Jesus told today? It almost seems out of place, but it fits so well. He told two short parables about this treasure, and then he threw in this other one. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. It's like a net that is cast out far and wide, and it brings in all this fish, and and the fish are sorted out. The good ones placed in baskets, the bad ones tossed away. Well, Jesus says that in the same way, when he returns on the last day, the angels will sort out the wicked from the righteous, the unbelievers from the believers. But in this case, those who treat the treasure like trash 
or ignore the treasure or look for a better treasure or maybe don't even believe the treasure is real. They're not going to be thrown into the Atlantic Ocean. Jesus says they're going to be thrown into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My sinful heart with all its desires is not just concerning. It's condemning. How thankful we are to have Jesus. Jesus is more than just a wise teacher with perplexing parables about treasure for us to chew on. Jesus is the one who gives us real treasure in the first place. And how different Jesus is. For for Jesus, his kingdom, his father's kingdom was always first. It was no second class or second rate kingdom or treasure. For him, the work and the will of his father was always first, not second class or second rate. As for us, we really don't have many options. We come into this world with nothing. We leave the world with nothing. But for Jesus, he literally had everything. All the treasures of the kingdom, all the riches of heaven belong to him, the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And and it makes us wonder, well, what more could Jesus ask for? What more could be gained? What more could Jesus possibly want? And that is when the mystery of God's grace is revealed to us with this answer. You. Jesus also wanted you. Listen to the Apostle Paul. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This is the undeserved love, the the grace of our God, that though we have deserved nothing or earned nothing or entitled to nothing except weeping and gnashing of teeth, Jesus entered the story to change the story. Though rich, he became poor, taking on the very nature of a servant as he humbled himself and took on human flesh and subjected himself to all the trials and troubles we face and and even squared off against all the allures of worldly treasure. And yet not one of them was more to him than the work and will of his Father. Not one of them was more to him than his own kingdom. Not one of them would distract him from saying, you, you will be my glorious treasure. And so indeed he became poor. So poor that at one time he owned absolutely nothing but our own sins on the cross. There he took with him all our guilt and all our greed and all the rest and took possession of them onto himself and took them to the poverty of that cross and the deprivation of the grave. And and the greatest mystery and wonder, the greatest paradox of all, would be that in those places, so rude and so bare and so poor, a cross and a grave, there is where God gave to us all the treasures of his kingdom. There the treasure chest opened and the riches poured out of forgiveness and a new life and an eternal life 
Even how we get this treasure is a mystery of God's grace. Not one of us has come into this world as a spiritual trust fund baby entitled to it. Not one of us has earned the treasure. Not one of us has even done the self-help route following to X marks the spot. But rather, so many of us are like that first man. We just stumbled upon this treasure in this field we call life. Maybe a friend witness to you or invited you to church. Maybe a parent taught you or a pastor baptized you or preached to you, but for so many of us, we weren't looking for treasure, but here it is. We have it and we found it. Maybe others of you here today or watching online are more like the second person, the merchant, and you had been looking for pearls and you were looking mighty hard and you were trying pearls of possessions and pearls of pleasure and, and pearls of money and prestige and rising the corporate ladder and yet none of them were quite satisfying until finally, finally you stumbled upon this pearl of great value called the gospel, the good news of Jesus and his kingdom and now you have it. You see, no matter your story, God has been at work through his will and his word and his spirit so that now you have it. You have the glorious treasure. You have Jesus and his kingdom and everything that comes with it. It's yours now and forever. And so I suppose that leads us to one final question. Well, now what? Did you catch the reaction of the two men in the parables today? When they found the treasure, they were all in. Bought in completely, quite literally. The first man, Jesus said, went away in joy. In joy. He went away, he sold everything he had, and he bought that field because he was going to make it every bit of his effort to keep and protect and to guard that treasure. You could say he was going to make his life all about that treasure. The second one was very similar. That merchant found this pearl and he fought off the temptation that there might be a bigger or better pearl out there. Instead, he sold everything he had and he bought this pearl because why would you look for a better one when you already have the best pearl of all? You have that glorious treasure. And in joy, and by God's strength, you too can work toward that all in, buy-in type of attitude to the kingdom. Well, what does that look like? Well, why worry about income or the next stimulus check disbursement or security of job or retirement? Now, certainly God doesn't want us to be foolish or naive with our blessings, but why worry or stress about it. We already have the greatest treasure of all, and quite frankly, it's the only one that won't disappear. Why chase after things of this world? As if we can't upgrade or remodel or supersize fast enough. Jesus once said, why worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what to wear? Or by extension, where you will go to college or what you'll major in or how long your career will be or how well you'll be retired. The pagans, the unbelievers, run after these kinds of things, Jesus said. Instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God has already given to you the treasure of his kingdom. He'll be more than happy to cushion your treasure chest with daily blessings too. 
And thus Jesus concludes with one last one-liner of a parable today. Finally, he said also that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who, who owns a house and he has a storeroom and he brings out of the storeroom treasures old and new. So profound. What a privilege and, and what a joy that every day, every week in worship, we can go to the storehouse and open the treasure chest of grace for treasures of old, a manger, a cross, a grave, a baptism, a faith received, an adoption to sonship in the kingdom. And what a privilege and what a joy that every day we can go to the storehouse, every, every week in worship we can go to the storehouse for also treasures of grace that are new, new daily forgiveness, new daily bread, new mercies that are new every morning. My friends, look no further. Your storehouse is full. The treasure chest is open. And the riches are pouring out. You can sing every day as you just did. Your kingdom, O God, is my glorious treasure, my pearl of incomparable worth. Its value exceeds every standard of measure, surpassing the wealth of the earth. Lord, give me your grace and the power of your spirit to value this treasure aright. That never allured by the world, I inherit your kingdom of glory and light. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.